This program dedicated to Stacia Atkins of Treadhouse Real Estate. Why? Because she just bought us pizza. Sean was giving me the the, the dollar symbol. You rubbing your fingers together. That was not for dollars. It was he needed a needed a napkin. Needed need a napkin, napkin with this towel. yummy pizza. I've already yelled at all of you to not chew in the microphones as in, we're eating. International we sign. A international sign of give me a napkin when you're having food is the same sign as pay me my money. Pay me my money when you're not eating food. Ross, welcome. How you doing, bud? I'm doing, man. man. Doing. You're a busy little beaver. Kicking butt. I'm trying, brother. I'm, I'm yeah, waking up in the morning and uh, hitting that go button, man. Go, go, go. Ross is here. Bensie's here. Sean is here. I'm feeling like a little like Ross lately. Yeah, buyers and sellers. Hey, bro, Bensie, turn that microphone so that it, yeah, you can't, you can't talk across it that way. Rosati's Pizza's here. Okay, another sponsor. He's wrapping Jeez, in a... yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is going to be a mess here. Hold on. Uh, Compton what? Studio somewhere. Ross, Ross has done radio for 20 years, knows how to set up a microphone. Wow, who has messed with this thing in this way? Not me. Oh, 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 you hear this, that? Turn this microphone off for just a second while I work on this, okay? Are you four? Are we four? Uh, yep. Whatever you did there. I think that worked. Yep, that worked beautifully. Uh, welcome, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. I've got another chick sitting on my desk from Ross. That's all the guy does is... Uh, Make money selling real estate. Trying, man. Getting out there. Well, I mean, I do a lot more than that. Save people money. Huh? He fixes microphones. Huh? That's so what I do. We'll Fix turn, microphones. We'll, we'll turn Betsy back up there. There you go. This is why he's a radio pro, folks. Look at that. It was just a little twist job. It's a little, it's a little you, twist. You got to check your cords. Make sure they're not twisted. A little slap pickle. Sometimes you got to put two hands on it to make it uh, work right. Here's twist, my... Here's twist my, to a two. I'm going to start out with my bitch of the no, day here. No yeah, our brand new segment that we're starting here on the best the podcast in Iowa. Day. Bitch of the day. Uh, Her name. Oh, wait, wait. No, not a person, Ross. So I was all excited because I'm a guy that you might uh, might describe as heavily in the market. So I follow the uh, the old Dow Jones on a daily basis. I like to look Yeesh. at that. Yesterday I look and I just put in uh, DJIA and Google pops up what's happening in the market right away. Dow Jones Industrial Average. Correct. Correct. And I know it immediately because it's color coded. If you see green, good day in the market. If you yeah. see red, bad day. So Ooh. I do it yesterday afternoon. And it was burgundy. And it was, <laughs> it was bright green, baby. Bright, bright green. green. Because the Fed had announced uh, that they're raising interest rates. The market likes that. Market reacted. And this was late in the day. This was like 3 o'clock. It went boom up to the moon. About a $1,000 uh, up day. So it was a nice day in the market. So I like seeing that. I look this morning. It's 1000 down. Like an immediate correction. 1000 points down. 1000 points. points. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm just like, oh, it's so frustrating to watch the market. The, the littlest thing will sway it massively one way or another. Why did it go up so much yesterday? Like basically it closed and then today you're like, no, 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 no. We didn't like that. Let's sell a bunch of stuff. And down it goes again. So I just can't watch. It's not the same people. Very, very, very rare, rarely is it the same people who were buying like crazy one day that are selling like crazy the next day. And if, the, if you are... Um, you're, you've got some sort of trick. You know, you're either a trader that doesn't have to pay somebody to do the trades for you. You're not getting into, I mean, it's very rare that somebody's buy, 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 ride this wave up, sell, 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 get out. Well, if you're sell, 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 it was, yeah, paper hands. Right. One of the, the phrases that I like. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. But no, the key to stocks, 
It's. It, I always love listening to people like Elon Musk and people that have done well in their lives. Warren Buffett, of course. When they talk about stocks, they talk about them very simplistically. Very. You buy a company because you like their management, you like their product, you believe in where they're going in the future, and then you kind of leave it alone. You're not supposed to be checking the market every day. Trading yeah. like, oh, well, this news came out, so I got to get rid of it. Now I'm going to buy it the next day, et cetera. You buy good companies and you hold on. And over the long haul, usually they make money. Yeah, why are you talking about boring stuff? Well, yeah. Ross, did you go to MedMen then? Because that's I own stock in MedMen. I didn't go to MedMen when I was in Ross. I was when I was in Vegas. Dang. Over the you week, you tried your best I to know. get that stock to go up with a new customer. But <laughs> I uh, he wasn't buying it. Wait, wait, wait I would have moved the needle. Fancy, I hate to say this, I don't even know which dispensaries I went to. <laughs> Spencerese. <laughs> I just won. I went to one. You would know if it was MedMen. I went. The second one I went to was called Pizos, P-I-S-O-S, and we won't ever go back to that one again. It was expensive. wasn't wasn't great. Um, the one that we, the first one we went to, when we landed on Thursday night, which by the way, another medical emergency on my flight. Um, when we oh, landed, really? yeah, when we landed Thursday night, it was real late because we'd been delayed a while. It's funny you say another. I've never been on a flight with a medical. My emergency. third one. Was My this third, is Ross's third, never, right? Yeah. Third. This person died. Didn't you tell me the person on the last one person died? The last Ro- one died. Ross, Ross kills people on airplanes. Stop what did, it! What did oh, this? Okay. Say what bomb did, on a plane. What did this one have? Bomb, 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 bomb. Um, can I get to the story charter? Let's Jesus figure, did he die? Christ. Did he die or not? You know, there's some things you just don't talk about. <laughs> some things. Like the back of a Volkswagen. Is this Gil? Anyway. That's funny because Bensie wants to talk about malls today and then immediately reminds me of Schooner and Sailboat. That's my favorite From that movie, Mall Rats. All right. Tell uh, your story. All right. So we landed. Uh, we're headed to the Circa for our Thursday night. We were staying there Thursday and Friday. And we just had the gotten the cab. And the cab was like, you guys headed to Circa? Yep. He said, want to stop anywhere on the way? I said, yes. Let's hit a dispensary on the way. He said, which one? I said, whichever is easiest, man. From here to there, whichever one you can pull in and out of that's easy for you, do that. We're not super picky. We, we have an idea what we want when we get there. Let's just do that. So he did that. We pulled off the highway, got went, popped in a dispensary that's kind of in a strip mall. It was like all the others. You walk in, there's a little security room. Show them your ID. They scan it, make sure you're not John Wayne Gacy. See, MedMen doesn't have that room, by the way. It's wide open. There you go. That's why yeah. Bensie's a, a sole proprietor. I think that's why they uh, they checked you outside, if I remember right. Right at the door. Yeah, see, so it's, it's the same thing. It's just uh, whether or not they've got a foyer. <laughs> right at the door. <laughs> they just haven't paid for the space <laughs> inside. Just right. yeah. like I said, MedMen's like the uh, like the Apple Store. Yeah. Why, same there, there's a couple of them that are like that, like the Planet 13 and things like that, where you walk in and it feels like the Apple Store. You know, there's a bunch of stuff on display. There's a couple of, uh, you know, people that went to Weed College hanging out with you. And then they kind There's of walk dorks with body odor. Oh, wait, that's just the Apple store. Yeah. There's a lot of dorks that work at the Apple I store. do think it's hilarious how, like, when you, and I, I've, I think it's absolutely hysterical when you go to these places and you're like, somebody comes up to you, hi, can I help you guys out at all? And you're like, well, my your wife and I just kind of browse, and we're, oh, you guys, uh, are you into indicas or sativas or hybrid blends? We've got, you're looking for edibles, cartridges, or are you looking for some flour? I'm into getting high. Uh, uh, see, you're uh, a connoisseur. I am not. So I, I don't know if I'm into sativas <laughs> or they whatever. Start, if they start asking Mark and I that, I was like, the, you know, we heard the story last I, time. 
I'm into good tasting candy. You got some candy, some caramels. That's, that's <laughs> all we know. And that's most people. I feel like so. It is hilarious to me when they come up to you and we don't know this. Yeah, and then about. and then they've got like four thousand products, right? So then uh, it's always fascinating to me. Also, when you finally say, "Okay, we'll uh, we're going to do the lemon haze OG cartridge, and we'll also try the." Uh, uh, the sativa candies. Oh, you're going to love the sativa candies. They've got a really low, mellow... Uh, Excellent choice. That's what yeah. I would have picked. And they like go through all of the effects of everything you just told them you wanted to buy. And you're like, can you do that with all 4,000 products? Or yeah. is it a lot like the Jim Gaffigan bit about working at a Mexican restaurant? Which is? Everything's the same. It, it you can of, describe everything yeah, the same way it, in a weed absolutely. store, right? Can you explain oh. to me the effects of this uh, yeah. hybrid uh, candy? Oh, it's, you're going to get a mellowed out feeling. See, uh, this gonna... reminds me of something else. And I don't know. My, my wife does this. I don't know if any of your wives do this or you yourself do this. When you go to a restaurant, do you ask the waiter what they like or what they would recommend? Absolutely. I never do that. Absolutely not. Because I don't give a shit what I you also, like and because your taste buds are probably different than I, mine. I also, we've talked about this as we've gone out uh, as an office for lunch and whatnot. There's certain people here who go, well, what are you having? What are you, what are you getting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last My wife does that to me all the time. She'll ask me what I'm what you, having. What, what are you getting? Well, I can't get that if you get it. Why not? If you yeah, like why it, not? You We're like not it. sharing anyway. Okay, hold on. All right, Ross. Ross has a hot. Tank. Oh, here we Probably go. Probably been guilty of that. And, no, and, and my, we're not. I wasn't talking about you. Okay, w when I do that, I am. I don't like to order the same thing that somebody else orders. It just, I, it, it feels strange to me. And I want. Okay, why? I don't know, Mark. If I look at the menu and there's only one thing, I don't know, Margo. <laughs> uh, if I if I look at the menu, and there's only one thing that I want. And then you order that thing. I'm still going to order it, and I'm not going to feel anything about it. But that's I will. This, this ask, so describes our personalities. I by the way. will ask if I see two things you on a menu, and I'm you like, don't man, give a damn, what no, it is. Do. no. And Ross does because he's nicer than me. No, what, it's not. Like, it's oh, what not, are you not getting? Even, I don't even, care not, what you're that's getting. That's not a nice man. thing. That's no, not what a I'm doing here is nice. I literally am. I'm fifty fifty on these two menu items. I don't know which one I want, but I'm gonna get the uh, I'm gonna get the one that nobody else is getting. I'm gonna and then and not that like I'm gonna do the wife trick where I'm gonna go, hey Bensy, can I have part of your cob salad? <laughs> if I hey Bensy, if I order the uh, if I order the fried shrimp, yeah, but there's there's give people you two, there's people who will go pre-negotiation. Yeah, right. Who will <laughs> ask the table like ask the person next to him, what are you getting? And then they'll I'll like you'll say a burger or whatever in the. <laughs> I don't want a burger. Well, yeah. that wasn't what you asked. That's Bernsey not I, the point. Well, Bernsey and I have done this. Bernsey and I will go to like Lucky Horse or something and get like, you might get a tenderloin or a chicken sandwich. I'll get a burger and we'll split. We've done that. I will. Uh, do I, do that. I split lunch with that's a friend different. yesterday. That's, that's a that. very communal that, thing, that's, right? That's, that's it's, it's different. I will, to, I will also, if I'm down to two, if I've never been to a place before, down to two things that look really good. I will ask the waiter or waitress what yeah. is yeah. what would you recommend out of the two? Done that what, what's the specialty? But yeah, but even but even if they like taste buds are so different. But like they might so think it's fantastic. One of my and you get it and you're like this is gross. One of my stories from Vegas. Well, a Saturday night, we walked out of the Flamingo, went uh, into that kind of area under the high roller, and there was a, a bar there that was kind of like the longest yard. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a beer bar. And we got inside, and Matt, you would love Matt Edwards, my buddy from San Diego, so much because he's so much like you, Mark, but this is an area where your personalities are different. And I'm going to explain this story to you, and maybe you'll pick up this trait. Matt is a 
Matt, Matt gets a lot of special things in life, and he why does he get them? Because he asks for them. He's always the guy that's willing to go out of his way to say, hey, uh, who gets to sit up at the top of the special thing? And they go, well, the first person that asks. Oh, that'd be me. So we go to order our food, and Matt says to the waiter, hey, I want, what was he ordering? It was something pretty simple, onion rings, cheese curd, something like that. And the guy says, what do you want for your dipping sauce? And Matt says, what do you get when you order them? So same sort of scenario here, right? And the guy says, I would do the ranch. And Matt says, no, no, no. What do you get when you order them? I know there's something in the back that you guys do that's a little bit special. A little, had, little something actually. You had something special. You guys got something back there. And the dude's eye, his face in, changed. How did you know? And he said. It's like animal style. Dude, we do. When we, we, we when, throw some honey sriracha in there. It's that exactly it, Vinci. <laughs> that was exactly what he said. He honey said, sriracha. He said, I'm so, dude, um, dude, we actually psychic. do. He says, we actually throw some honey sriracha in ranch. It might be and, a good day to go to the Meadows, boys. He's like, and, and we, <laughs> and we, good day. he goes, yeah. He goes, dude, do you want me to have him mix that up for you? And Matt was like, yeah, man, they high five. Yeah, I do. Went at it. It was, and he got the special access to the back door because he asked for yes. the special access to the back door. I think all restaurants, by the way. I didn't mean all, that to sound rest- like I was getting anal, by the way. That was really weird. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> Ross got the back door in Vegas. Uh, all restaurants. That's a whole other story. Chains, et cetera, have secrets. They all do. It's like I said, ordering like animal animal style from In-N-Out Burger. Like it doesn't say on the menu animal style, but it's like all these restaurants have codes. They have things that that if you order it this way, you know, it's going to come a little bit different. You break the building? Probably. What is animal style? Bring I don't know what animal style bring is. Bring this motherfucker down. I What's think this, animal yeah, style is everything on it. Just throw it all in there. Uh, yeah. It, it's a, I'll, I'll look this up because if I don't, it'll drive me nuts. I've never ordered animal style, but let's see what it is. I've heard people say throw the garbage on there. It means everything. Animal let's, style. Uh, uh, let's see. Am I, I'm thinking of animal from the Muppets. <laughs> And how animal, everything was kind of crazy and thrown together. Like maybe he's, anim- a, he's got a animal he's style got a is gig your, your fries and your and your burger are just thrown into the thing together. Uh, animal style. So here you go. An animal style. Uh, animal style burger also includes extra Thousand Island spread, mustard grilled patties, Ooh. and extra pickles. Animal style fries are topped with cheese spread and grilled onions. Interesting. I feel like you're not far off there, Ross. Yeah. Is... Yeah. Speaking of Thousand Island, has McDonald's admitted the special sauce is Thousand Island or not? Are they still? I mean, that's at least the core ingredient, isn't it? For the for the Big Mac, but there's not what everybody knows. They're not coming out and right out admitting it. <sighs> that, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's always so weird that it's special sauce. I think there's something else to it, but I don't know what it would. All be. right, we're talking about food. Let's segue to the food court to a, a lost American icon, the mall. Oh, man. So I, th- I was thinking about this yesterday because it's my daughter's 14th birthday today. Happy birthday, Brady. Cinco de Mayo, birthday, baby. Birthday. Oh, hold on. Happy hold on. Wait, birthday. No, wait. You don't get to just... You, you don't come on the best podcast in Iowa and announce it's somebody's birthday and not get some special treatment, Bency. Here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. One line. I want to do something special for you. 
It's your birthday and you're special too. Oh. So I brought some guonks from the outer guonk zoo. They honk, hold on, one more time. And sing just for you. Wow, Ross, oh, that was fantastic. There's nobody listening that wasn't moving. I don't know oh, how you, have you to, can't You have to that dance to that. She got the full-on song, too. That was great. You know what? Saturday's Eli's birthday. Yeah. Happy, Happy birthday, Eli! Eli! I thought you were going to fire the song off again. He's waiting for it, too. He's had enough. So I think, well, maybe think we about this We got to get back to our mall talk. How... How, how important it was that our when we were 13, 14, we we're just talking to, to the lovely Stacey out here. Like, she lived in Knoxville. I grew up in Harlan, Iowa, 45 minutes from the way from the Mall of the Bluffs in Council, Tucky. That was a big deal to go down there and go to the Mall of the Bluffs. Um, you know, special occasions now. And I'll ask Ross because he was, quote, unquote, city boy. Charter yeah. was a little bit of city boy, but he says the, the Ames Mall may not compare. I, to see, I grew, up, I grew up, up next two to blocks it. from the mall. So the mall was probably not that big <laughs> really, deal. Really, really close. Now, for me, the bigger deal was going down to Merle Hay. Merle, yeah. Okay. Because it was so, something different. It was so, it was something different. And bigger. Merle Hay, if you remember, had uh, the really weird statue, which had its own story. It was, oh, a, yeah. it was like a naked angel on a tricycle. Yep. They used to be in the middle of Merle Hay, and you could kind of climb up to it and then kind of like slide down. The base of it was brick, but it was curved. Every so, parent was like, get down from there. Yeah. So, so I remember that. And ironically, that statue is in some lady's yard. In Des Moines, that's great. There's, she literally bought it. Yeah, why did we buy that? Right. And put it out here. So I'd love to Damn do it. it. If I could, if I could do it, I would. Um, so that was my memory. But, but the mall, spe- it felt special, right? Going to Merle Hay. So so let me let me say something real quick because this made news the other day. There's a new uh, documentary on Abercrombie and Fitch out on Netflix, and it's about how they've kind of been racist in their past and all of that. But one of the things that they're describing now, keep in mind, Abercrombie Fitch is still around. It didn't go out of like it's it's still a store. It's been around for a hundred years. I think there's one at the mall. Yeah, I think I think there is too. But in this documentary, and people started making fun. There's this one guy um, who goes into describing like what a mall is. Okay, in the documentary, and people caught onto that on social media. Like this guy's describing what a mall is. Malls aren't dead. Everybody knows what a mall is. We still have them. And he was acting like this was a bygone era of malls. Now, there may be less. They're definitely different, though. That's but my there's still point. malls. There's malls there. They're different. Like, I remember going down to the mall and being a big deal when you're 13, 14 for your birthday. Kind of like Mark said, going to Merle Hay was a big deal. Coming to Des Moines when... when uh, Valley West opened. Yeah, that was huge. Was that deal. was the rich mall. That was that was yeah, the Richards. Absolutely. In For Omaha, sure. it was, um, I believe, Oak Ridge Mall. Travis Justice would know about this. When, hey, o- when, Oak, Ridge, when Oak Ridge opened up, that was the rich people's mall. Um, but I saw Mark earlier. I remember going to this store. It had these those pictures. The biggest like those pictures. The schooner you stare, you stare into them. Yeah. And then the, the, yeah, the sailboat pops out. out. Yeah. They're like magic image or and, whatever. We were too poor to even to buy the pictures, so it was just a big deal to stop by that and just look at all the pictures. Yeah, that's one of those things. Twenty-five how many, how, minutes. How many of those did they ever sell? 
Everybody would stare at them. That's at what the I mean. Mall. That's my point. Who never bought once those? was able to see anything in those pictures? You're kidding me. Not you never were able to? single time. Oh. You apparently wow. weren't cross eyed enough. So we had to go to there. We had to go to Sbarro Pizza. Get these Sbarro. Giant. <laughs> my favorite giant, pizza in all of New York. Giant pizza slices for two bucks. Yeah. yeah. You had to do I that. I always liked it. Yeah. Super greasy, oh my but God, I liked it. I don't, that's so gross. We always oh. had to go there as, as kids. But now it's like, I don't. And I, I was I asking, asked, I was Michael talking about this with the kids. Going. Going to the mall is not that big a deal for the kids anymore. See, these are the things that we talk about where we date ourselves. and Definitely date ourselves. And part of it is because here, I'll give you an example of a mall experience for me growing up. Okay, I was in Ames, a couple blocks away from North Grand Mall. And I would go over there with my buddy. Let's just say I was eight years old. It's probably fair. Eight, nine. Him and I would go by ourselves to the mall. We'd walk there. Uh at that time, maybe they had an arcade. Sean's from Ames too, so he knows arcades were big in Mars. That's huge. Aladdin's, castle. but they had, but yep. they had KB toys, yep. which yeah. used to be a huge chain. Had to go there, so we would go there. We would buy parachute men. Yep. You guys remember those? Yep, yep. So a little army dude with a parachute strapped to himself, and they were pretty cheap. We'd do that, and then we would leave and walk back towards our house. And as we would do that, there was an apartment building right across the mall. We'd go in the apartment building. Up a flight of stairs and then out the back door of the, of the apartment building, right next to the attached garage or the detached garages. So you could step over the railing and you'd be on the roof of a garage. So we would do that and we would take our parachute men and throw them off the roof and then jump off the garage because you're, you're you're eight, you know, and your ankles don't break at eight apparently. <laughs> Rubber bones. And that that's a real life example of what we used to do. Now think about today. First of all, I wouldn't let my child that age go to a mall no. by themselves walk if i found mall. out they were jumping off a roof i'd probably yell at them yep. because they're going to cost me thousands of medical bills by by doing something that's why it, yeah it, it's just like it's just changed and every generation has said it's changed to the one that's come up behind them yep. but stuff like this i think it really has changed we, what's that sandwich place we like to go to at Merle Hay? DR Deli. Oh that place is oh, phenomenal oh, and I'm thinking about that again Ross and i've been there a few times you go in there, it's one of what, three? No, I think two. Well, two well, two places a one, on there? Yeah. There's a made right, and I think at the end of the food court, there's still an orange juice. Orange juice is down there, yeah. yeah so there's three right. things yeah. that you can eat in the it. entire food court. By the way, our boy Shreve has a yeah, store in Merle High. Yes, he does. Stop by. Yeah, yeah. 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 Shout out for Shreve. So I would think that, that Jay's store there, Jay's Seating Hobby, shout out to Jay, is could almost be considered an anchor there, right? Right now, I mean, it's, he's been there for a while. I bet it's one of the stores that's been there the longest. It's got to be one of the most highly trafficked stores in the mall. Has to be. I would no. think so. Um, is, is and that's at, at, that's at Valley West. Yeah, yeah. yeah. DR's at Valley West. Valley, Jay's at Merle me. Hay. Jay's at Merle Hay. Valley West is is the deli. Yep. Jay's at Jay's at Merle Hay. So Jay's yeah. probably an anchor there. What does Why that, is Jay not sponsored? Here's the deal. Let's Valley just deal. plug the shit out of his store so he feels obligated Jay, to do Von it. Von Marr is about to leave Valley West. Yes. So that has and when Von Marr leaves there, there's they're going there. to Jordan Creek, right? Yes. What that's is what on the corner that's open right now? Was that that was Yonkers? Yonkers is shut down. That's Yonkers gone. Yonkers is on the south end of the mall. It's gone. Gone. Von Marr was on the north end of the mall. They've got the big parking garage. It's it, leaving. Yeah, that isn't, goes. isn't Valley West? And, when, and by the way, transforming to something different. When they leave, that's probably when that deli. We'll, we'll have so to we were go. talking about the deli. I don't know how you stick around. We were talking about the deli needs to open up up here next to our office. Oh gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, that'd be incredible. If, if anybody, I would love to have a deli. If anybody's hearing this and doesn't know what Dr. Deli is in the food court I, at Valley West, I Mall. don't. I've oh, never had. I've never taken you there. Never oh, been there. It's amazing. I, I, it's really I, good. Breck and I ate there yesterday. How I, long yeah. has it been in the food court? Oh, f fifteen years. So I think for it's, real. Yes, I think it's probably still there because the 
we talked about this last time there. The rent's got to be almost. I mean, I've been in the free? food court in Valley West many times it. in the last fifteen yeah. years. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. It is a little deli. It's the one of the only family-owned, locally-owned and operated things that was ever in that food court. Yeah. Um. You know, there's there was Taco John's down there for a while. Like I said, made right. There's like a hummus place. Yeah. There was a Panda Express. They have to be paying like 1980s. Yeah, has to be state. 1980s rent prices that they're paying right now. I, it, I mean, if they're, they're charging, if they're charging him, he should be charging them for bringing people in the yeah. mall. Yeah. I that, feel and that's like, not. A, I, I'm barely exaggerating there. It's. I feel like Ross himself, himself could do this, or you certainly know the right people. We need a deli next door. We've got an empty spot next door in our building, and we need a little more, more traffic in here. We need some eats. How hard is it? How hard is it to start a deli? Does Foot Locker still exist? That was a that was a mall mainstay. Remember Foot Locker? Oh yeah, yeah. Does Foot Locker still, still exists? Yeah, the bigger malls. Do the guys do the guys and girls work their stuff to dress like, like referees? referees? Hope not, because referees suck. You know my my hatred for oh, officials. God, that would be <laughs> officials. Pinsy walks in. There's like I hope you all get cancer immediately. Yeah, yes. Triggered. Yeah. yeah. You realize we're not real referees, sir. Okay. It's just a jersey throwing shoes at people. Eyelid cancer for uh, all of you. All of them. <laughs> Toe cancer. Toe cancer. Um, EB Sports, remember EB Sports? That was the place you went to look at bats when you're like eight, nine, ten. So you do okay. remember that? I loved EB's. I don't. EB's must have been Western no, I Iowa. Yeah, I don't remember EB's. It says for us, it was Harrison Sports down at oh, Southridge yeah. Mall. There was an EB's in in Council Tucky at that mall. My, there was actually an EB's in in Cedar Rapids. My cousin went there. But we had a buddy. He walked in with a limp into EB Sports. Yeah. Walked in like he had a hurt leg, grabbed like a big Bertha driver, grabbed a two hundred dollar bat, shoved that, it down oh, his bat. pants. Yeah. A Louisville Slugger that was at the time was one hundred ninety dollars, which would be a steal right now for a bat. For yeah, a, right. For a, you know eighth grade, seventh eighth, eighth grade level kid, he sold it for another buddy, and I think he sold it to him. But walked in with a limp, shoved this bat down some baggy pants, walked out with a limp, and got away with it at EB Sports. And I'll, went straight I'll to never hell. forget that. Yep. I'll never yep. forget that. Yep, he's going to hell. Sean and I grew up with uh, Sports Page. Yep, that was the name of the sports sporting goods. Sports goods. Yeah. Now it's a, now it, now you get burgers there here, Nancy. Sports page, by the way, Sean. If I told you this, because obviously it wasn't a food product, that wasn't a food store. But do you remember what sports page had, which was one of, one of the worst things ever manufactured? Uh, no, Ross. Did you ever have this growing up, Bensy? Did you ever have this Gatorade gum? Yes, oh, I do oh, remember yeah. that. Remember oh my god, yep. that was terrible. Yes, gum. it was awful. You got supposed two to quench bites, your two it was, bites. It was of like it was. Uh, Individual, yeah, you could buy at that counter for like five cents. Yep. It was hard, cents. it was hard. Well, it was hard and it was gross. Yeah, you got literally two bites of flavor and then it just tasted like and even water. the flavor was sour yeah. or something. Yeah, it was I remember disgusting. that. God, I hadn't thought about Gatorade gum in a long time. Gatorade gum, I don't think Not that I don't good. think that stuff hydrated you very well. I no. went into sports page. Wishing I could buy a lot of the stuff. I bought most of my stuff at Play It Again Sports. So, uh-huh. so sports page was. Uh, that was I think I did a lot was, of browsing. Yeah, there was a lot page. of browsing. A lot, Aladdin's Castle. That's Sean up a good one. I remember Aladdin's Castle was always like that was always the last out for us to get like five bucks to get, you know, your twenty five tokens or whatever it was. Cause you got yeah for the extra yeah. bot buck, you had an extra yep. token out of it. It was on one end of the mall and it got moved when KB Toys. By the way, I'm going to plug another one of Jay's businesses. I didn't know this, Ben. I'm sure you knew this well before me because you're in that text group. But and I was talking to our friend Jay who owns Jay Seating Hobby. By the way, three locations in Central Iowa. Um, that guy opened an arcade. Yes, he did. What's it's, the name of it? It's a. It's near. Uh, Ross, help me out. Is it near Lincoln High School? 
right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. On the south side there, I think. What's right? it called? Something monster. It's monster themed, but you got a lot of old vintage arcade games and you can play by the hour. Pinball, yeah, you got you, real pinball. Yep, you, you don't pay per game. You pay by the hour. You can play as many games as you can in that hour. That's kind of cool to have it's stuff like that idea. around, yeah, it's though. A good, good concept for kids. Something that's fun to do in the, uh, you know, gloomy, rainy days or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll ask J-Ball here. What's, what's the invite? Of the arcade. Uh, while you're asking uh, uh, Shreve about that, I'll tell you about the near-death experience on my flight. There we go. Jeez. Oh, forgot so all about it. We got uh, got down to the airport. We're supposed to take off about 4 o'clock on Thursday. And all these wrestlers showed up. And I know the Grandview Wrestling team. I saw the Grandview Wrestling coaches and uh, Ben Provisor coming through. I'm like, well, what's going on? I saw Coach Schwab from UNI and a bunch of the UNI wrestlers. The USA team trials were happening in Las Vegas. In Vegas, that's where they happened. On, on Friday. So you got uh, half the plane full of people who getting to Vegas is not, they're not going for a vacation. They're not, this, this is something they've been training for they're for locked in. their lives. They are locked in, okay? They're not ordering double Jack and Cokes. No, 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 no. There's a handful of people that are doing the double Jack and Cokes, and they're up at the bar doing their thing. But for the most part, we have a plane full of people who are very focused on getting an arrival, getting to bed on time, getting a good night's sleep so they can compete for this world team. Unmasked the next people. Day. That must have felt good. Everybody unmasked. It was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, on a plane beautiful. finally. Uh, so when they start to delay, when Allegiant starts to delay the flights, it becomes a very big deal because half of the kids that are there, and even like when I say half the plane, I mean it because a bunch of the wrestlers, a bunch of the coaches, and even a bunch of the adults were like parents of wrestlers who were already out there or something trying to get there. So it feels weird when you've got people that are like at the bar, pissed off. Oh, our plane's getting delayed. I'm supposed to. I had Aaron and I. We had Gordon Ramsay reservations. Yeah. Like, well, life is in balance for some of the people here that might miss their flight. Yeah. This is going to be bad. So we got delayed four or five hours. And I do think that in that time, some, That's of, the a long people, time. some of the people that, yeah, it was nine o'clock before we took off. Um, some of the people that were at the bar, I think this, this gentleman that I'll describe here, I think, i just guessing that he probably got pretty drunk. His bar tab, four or five hours at the bar, probably 275, something like that. He's a bigger fella. He's <laughs> yeah. a bigger fella. $275 bar tab. Sitting a couple seats in front of me, and as he got up, I think, to go to the restroom or something, by the time it all happened, I was almost asleep. I had my headphones in, and then I kind of heard the commotion, so I was a little bit late to picking up on what had happened, but I could see this big guy kind of wobbling in the... He's on his feet, and he never lost consciousness. He didn't... But he was on his feet, and he was kind of wobbling. And he was gray, that like white color that people turn right before they're going to pass out. Mm-hmm. The, the, you're the pointing at the pewter statue. Yeah, it's exactly what color he was, that silver color. And the, Thank you for not pointing at me. Yeah, the, uh, my he looked color. like Sean. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> right before you pass out, the buzzards are circling. The, uh, the flight attendants came running and got a hold of him and got him down in, a, in an empty seat and... Started asking him some of the questions. I took my headphones off because I'm like, God, this is going to happen again. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm the expert. I've been through this. Everybody. <laughs> As a flight taking off, you're in the air. We're already in the air, yeah. You're in the air. Were, yeah, and I'm thinking we're probably halfway to so Vegas. I, was thinking, I think you're, when you said wobbling, I thought he was at the, you were at the bar set. But you're no, on, no, you're no, on the sorry. plane. I'm sorry. I should have said that. Right. We took you're off at nine. You're on the plane now. And oh, yeah. it's probably uh, 11, it's 1030 by the time this happens. So we were about halfway to Vegas there. And uh, they got him sat down and got him orange juice and cold towels and uh, all the things. Spent maybe a half hour with him, just kind of focused on him. They did ask for medical professionals, and a couple ladies jumped up. 
the girl that was sitting to my left, it was her sister's that were the medical professionals who jumped up. They were headed out there for a wedding. And uh, yeah, well, so I wonder they, what the odds are of uh, any flight that's full where you don't have a nurse or a doctor. Zero I'll tell you flight. this, the, the three that I have been on where there's been a call for medical professionals, all three times people jumped up to help. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, I, I don't think they still do the the air marshals thing on like not on in, flights on, like on yeah it, domestic domestic flights from Des Moines to Vegas that yeah. they're doing all the time. No, I doubt. Do they I get the guy under control? Was he all right? Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, and he sat there and he felt really. You could tell he was embarrassed by it. He kind of kept putting his head down. He was talking to them, and everybody's like, "You're fine. You're fine, man." And, uh, you kind of saw the color come back to him. There were a few times I I thought he's about to go down. I mean, he yeah. was. You could see it from the back of his neck. You could yeah. see the color coming and going in his body. And he'd turn gray, and they'd get him more orange yeah. juice and stuff. So I don't know. Is that is it altitude sickness? Co- combo of the booze and altitude sickness. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't health. seem hammered drunk. It wasn't like he was yeah. slurring his speech or anything. And Could have been a number of things. Yeah. Could have been diabetic. COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. Orange I always wonder, like, if you have a got to be COVID. If you have a big time emergency, which happens on flights, and you have to get on the ground ASAP. Yeah. And you're at 30,000 feet. What yeah. is the absolute fastest, assuming that there was an airport close by, what's the absolute fastest they can be on the ground? It's, I mean, it would all they, they can't just nosedive the plane and be like, oh, let's minutes, get down there. I mean, it's going to take something. I think, yeah, I'd say probably 20 because they usually. No sooner than that, I wouldn't think. You know, it's, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, planes can do that. They're not going to with, so, you know, yeah. full of passengers. I think, but, I think we've talked about this, but the three that I've been on, um, the the first one where the kid had the seizure, that one was treated like the biggest medical emergency. So they came on the the air and uh, the the plane microphone and whatever intercom system and said, "Everybody stay in your seat." Medical professional had run to the back of the plane and taken care of stuff. But they came on the the captain came on and said, "We're going to land the plane. When we land the plane, medical professionals are going to board this plane. Everybody stay in your seat except for the person who's having the condition." And their family. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, it was like, this was shortly after 9-11. So it was like, if you move, you know, you're going to, yeah. air marshals will snipe you. Yeah. But that one, we, it did feel like it was when that happened, they said, we're putting the plane down. Ooh. Now we were close enough to Vegas that we landed at Vegas. Mm-hmm. But the plane went and we, we landed on the runway and man, in my brain and memories are crazy. We didn't even leave the runway. Like we parked on the runway, and they brought the medical professionals to the plane right to get the kid the off right away. They're not going to taxi him in and do all that stuff, dude. The plane, the ride I was on, where the kid was dead—that's absolutely what we did. Well, he's already dead. Are you taxied all we the way? Taxied to the gate? all the way to the gate. <laughs> he's already dead. Well, well if he was truly was dead Aaron, already, that, they'd be like, "That take your time." That's what Aaron. You can't just toss a parachute on him and threw him out over. So the what was the deal? Denver. How did you, like? Did you have at least uh, all flights to Vegas? Um. Yeah, I haven't had any issues. Listen, the one with the, the, one where the kid, the one with the kid died. I do not want to. I don't want to ride. My, now, how my, do you know he it died? It was Dallas Fort Worth. I, I he, used, we had a layover in Dallas. You Fort Worth. assume he died, but how do you know he died? Mark, was he literally dead? Mark, in the plane. I watched them do chest compressions on that kid for forty minutes in the plane. In on and he oh, was like in the back of the plane. I would no, yeah. dude. On in the middle of the plane. In oh, the wow. middle of the plane. I was in nineteen C. He was in fourteen D. Okay, five rows up. He was five rows was the, up, was and I was plane, on the aisle, and he was on the aisle. Were the people in the plane freaking out? No, like, nobody freaked out. 
Nobody freaked out. Even the kid that was with him who probably knew that he was overdosing. He just... It was an OD for sure, what do you, Nobody cried. People were praying. The pe- the people that got the most emotional were the two doctors that were doing the chest compressions because they, they knew he was dead. Mm-hmm. But they kept trying. They had to keep trying. And yeah. then they count to 30. So they would... And dude, like... Chest compressions are not what I thought they were. No, it's oh, violent. It's on freaking yeah, real, they're, they're dude. Violent. It's it, imagine Bensi trying to break my ribs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they that's say. That's what it is. That's, to I'm not kidding you, man. Train yeah. CPR, like you're going. Well, you to gotta break these you think about it. You gotta like get through the chest plate to yeah. get to the heart. They don't do itself, they don't so. do mouth to mouth anymore. Yeah, they just do 30 chest compressions and and yeah. it's to the beat of staying alive. That I don't have that one first. That was so first thing that was petrified. First that thing was they did when they awesome. realized the kid was was unconscious was they grabbed this thing that was like a metronome where they brought this packet out for medical emergencies. It was like a timer. They hit this button on this timer and it started to go dot 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 and it did that for the last 40 minutes of the flight. Mm-hmm. It did that until they yeah. pulled the kid out of the And that's just when, stretcher. That, when to push. It's yeah, timing. that was the timing. Yeah. And then, so when they first got down, the gentleman started to do the chest compressions, who was built about like Bensie, and the woman who was standing there helping him, or sitting there helping him, because they were bo- everybody's laying in the aisle of the plane. Mm-hmm. She starts counting. One, two, three, four. Five, all the way to 30. They take a little break at 30. Yep. Then they swap, and she does it, and he counts. They probably did that four or five times back and forth, and she, the, the lady started to cry and get emotional, and she as she was counting, it was kind of, you could hear her. Yeah. So a gentleman that was sitting, again, people are right there. Yeah. A gentleman that was sitting right maybe in like 17D said, I'll count. You guys keep you guys keep pushing, and I'll count. And then people around just kind of started to assist with that too, and say, "All right, yeah. you've counted enough. I'll count." And but the two medical professionals did it back and forth the whole for the last. So what did they, what did they do after you landed and got to the gate? What happened then? No gate. No, we landed, landed, we landed and came and got it. No, no, no. That was the kid that oh, had those, a seizure. Oh, those seizures. Yeah, they kids. did go to the gate. When they they go to the gate. Dead. They rolled him all the way up to the gate. We mean, dude, normal taxi situation. We landed taxi, the plane. And taxi in. So they come in with like a stretcher. And, turn. And yep, grab them. They, yep. Came in with a, bo- a board, not a stretcher. It was a, yeah. a a body board, I guess is what they called it. Yeah. Slid it underneath him, lifting him up, continued to do all of the medical stuff. But by this point, they'd done the Narcan shot. They'd done the paddle, the paddles on him, you know, the clear. I mean, if it's 40 minutes, yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He was dead. Yeah. He's dead. Mm. Like, they, they, it's not. Is that on the way? To, that was on the way to Vegas? On all of those were on the way to Vegas. Did you requ- he request a, a, a refund? Did you? No, I didn't. You know, I didn't think about that. I you probably could. You, you probably could have got a refund. Could I call American Airlines? You could have like, got a, Well, you could have got a voucher, a voucher for 125 bucks. Like I, when I booked this, I did not expect death. So at I least think I know you owe me a free flight. At minimum, a free drink coupon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's a kid's life worth these days? How well, many, how many, how many minutes did it take you once you were in Vegas to kind of kick it up back, back up again before you're like, all right, that sucked. Okay, let's go. So remember, this was that the one where the the kid died was on the way to Dallas Fort Worth. The one where the kid had the seizure on the way to Vegas that was almost kind of like fun and funny. Everybody knew that kid was fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? He He's sitting the there looking people in the eye, laughing about it. Like, oh man, that was crazy. Never had a seizure before. Whoa. Oh, this is the first time. This is the yeah, very first time he'd ever had a seizure. Okay. So it was kind of a, a strange deal. And it was relaxing because it was like, oh my God, we thought a kid was going to die. Yeah. And now he's back there laughing and joking about it. This is all right. 
This one, obviously, that happened here last weekend, it was kind of like right in the middle because nobody was jovial about it. The guy, yeah. nobody ever thought he was going to die. There was just that moment of yeah. he had to come on and ask for medical professionals to help this dude. I think the immediate the impression one, of everyone is like, man, are we going to have to make a landing somewhere? Yeah. Like, which nobody wants to do. <laughs> no, nobody you know, wants to do that. Do you know why the, Ross didn't get a refund, didn't get a drink coupon, didn't get a voucher? He didn't ask. He didn't ask. Didn't ask. Didn't ask. You know my buddy, you you know ask. You know my buddy Matt, he'd got all that stuff. Matt would have yeah. yeah. had a trip to Hawaii, yeah, right. <laughs> free drinks, and a hotel. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to my lawyer about this. Lasting effects of, of what I've just experienced. I do not want to fly with Ross now. Every yeah, no crap, dude. Sorry, fellas. I mean, you got you got That's a lot of. Uh, you got a seven percent chance you ain't coming back. That's on a that lot flight. of uh, incidents you've you've experienced there. Those aren't, and none I've never of, had a single one. And none of those Knock are the best. One. None of those are the best story you've ever heard. None of them. All right, we're gonna. We've got a best it? story ever, dude. Ever, the top it, last listen, week. Yeah, absolutely. All and right. I I do think that if there's ever been one mark that I've got that can rival. The first story that we talked about the, with the 1904 the St. Olympics. Louis Marathon. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, this one might be on par with that just because of the number of characters that can be involved with this and what this story entails. So <clears throat> it is a pretty famous race that was uh, ended up being sponsored, but we've got to go back to the very beginning. and, and Running as a running race? To this guy. No, no, no. No, or no. We'll get there. Car give, race. Give me one moment. Llama race. Well, I just want to know if, he, if the guy had to put Vaseline on his nipples, because I just found this out from a buddy <laughs> that runs marathons. You <laughs> have to put Vaseline on your nipples if you do marathons, otherwise the shirt, it chafes I mean, your nipples. Okay, I'm going to fight back on that. have to. I mean, I never I, knew that. I'm, I'll, I'll dig up some pictures. I mean, what is it about? I, I ran a half marathon. There was no nipple chafage. Is it just like your nipples can only stand so much? I think it's a certain dudes. Maybe they're middle. maybe it's the maybe size of their nips. Too. Their nips. I, have it, I have tiny nipples. When dude. they say I don't, I don't get any chafage. When they say runners high, is this what they're talking about? Chafing yeah. nipples. Greg Bell, he's probably not listening. To a client of ours, Greg. Hoping Greg, nipples. Greg are Bill okay. has some nipple chafing issues. They're runners, so okay. Beat Let me introduce Ross. you to a guy by the name of Robin Knox Johnston. He was a, uh, a British man in 1968. He is a 27-year-old man. In fact, it's 1967. He's a 28-year-old. And he's got this explorer's spirit about him. Um, he wants to be the first person to circumnavigate the globe all by himself in a boat. Sounds terrible. Now, there, there's a caveat to it. He wants to do it on an unstopped voyage. He wants to leave a port sail all the way around the world without docking that boat ever again and come back. And he thinks he's got the the means to do it. He thinks he's got the boat to do it. He does want uh, some provisions to be provided for him. So his idea is to go to the Sunday Times in in England and see if they will sponsor his trip around the world. And what time? What, what year is this? 1967. So the Sunday Times, and again, part of this story that I'm telling you right now is according to Robin Knox Johnston. Here's what we do know for sure. In 1967, the Sunday Times announces that they're not going to sponsor Robin Knox Johnston. They're going to sponsor a race. Mm-hmm. Okay. A race around the world. Okay? So here's it's real. The with the Greg, Greg Bell's bleeding nipples. God. It's real. So the Sunday Times say, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to sponsor this one guy. Instead, we're going to encourage a bunch of people around the world to try to do this. We know they, they figure it's going to take about a year for somebody to be able to do this thing if they're going to do it the right way. So 
they assume when they put this race together that only the most qualified people on the planet are going to sign up. No, well, is there prize no. money? There's $5,000. Here comes That's it. Idiots in rowboats about to sign up. Literally, Bensie, there's a trophy and $5,000, and they don't even go to the same person. The, per- the first person to get back to the port is going to get the trophy. Oh, jeez. But not everybody has to leave at exactly. There's no like. There's not like a, a, a starting gun that's going to fire off the race. So if you leave and you are the fastest around the world, you get the five grand. It's all in time. It's all going to be timed also. So Robin Knox Johnson, he's a little bit pissed about this, first of all, because he's like, wait a it's minute. His idea. This is my idea. And now you guys have turned this into a publicity stunt. And not only that, you've turned it into a publicity stunt for any jamoke on the planet to come be a part of this, and that's going to turn out bad, watch. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the people that sign up for this thing are people that can do it. You know what I mean? It's former merchant marines or guys that have spent a lot of time on the ocean. Navy, Navy guys. Navy guys that have spent thousands upon hours in sailboats and on the ocean. They kind of understand how to read the sea. We're talking about 1968. There's not GPS on boats and shit like that, right? No, no depth finders. We're also talking about 1968 when there was this spirit that ran through human beings that Gave you the feeling of doing the impossible. We just landed on the moon. Do anything. Right. People are doing pretty heavy into drugs and whatnot. So you get some interesting characters that show up and start to to, to jump into this race. And the race takes off. Everybody is, uh, every, we, we learn a few of the people that are in this race. And it does become kind of an interesting um, uh story that plays out in the Sunday Times because each one of these boats does have a radio. And so from time to time, and sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months in between, these competitors are able to actually check in and say, here's where I'm at, here's what's going on. Making progress. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm making progress, and so the, the, that would be, would be recorded. And um, uh, people were able to kind of follow the race that way. So... After we get into the race happening for a while, there are some characters that start to uh, present themselves. One of them is a guy that had absolutely no business getting out onto the water. Um, This was a guy by the name of uh, Crowhurst. Now, I'm missing his first name here. uh, Brecky jumped in with us here because he's the one that actually told me about this story a couple of weeks ago. Now, do you remember what Crowhurst's first name was by the chance, Brecky? Uh, I don't, but I've, I've got it looked up Okay, here, so give me a second. So this gentleman, Donald, Donald, Donald Crowhurst. Donald Crowhurst was an interesting cat. He didn't have any of the experience that these other dudes did. He's in his 30s. He's got a couple of kids. got a wife. He's an inventor of sorts. He's an electronics engineer. Yeah, and he's got this idea for this, this invention that he has that could help with the navigation of boats. He can't get it to launch. He can't get anybody to buy into his idea, but he hears about this race and he thinks this is my marketing opportunity because if I can go and show everybody that this thing works, then I'm going to, that'll save my family. So he thinks he's going to go out there and and do this race. And once he comes back, that's going to solve all of his, all of his problems. Right. And he gets out and it's again, he has no experience. He, He mortgaged the boat and his family's home. To just, just to participate, and I'm, I'm I'm envisioning when you when you all starts talking about this, I'm envisioning like my fishing boat, seventeen footer, 
rowboat. These are probably you're legit. You're not that far. You're not that far <laughs> off, Bency. So, Imagine your boat with a sail a, on yeah, it. Yeah, a little bigger. Just little little boats. These are not huge. 20, these, Twenty foot boats. These are not the sailboats that you and I are thinking about when you think about circumnavigating the globe. Mm. Okay? They're just like. 20 foot fishing boats. They're 20 foot fishing boats, dude, with sails on them. Incredible. Which basically, if you encounter any bad weather at all, you're pretty, pretty much doomed. You're toast. Yeah. So, and here's the deal I mean, if, if you if launching from England, there. you have to go around two points that are two of the most dangerous places on the planet to That's sail. Yeah. One of them is, of course, around the Cape Horn, around Africa, and the other one is around the southern tip of South America where the seas collide in ferocious ways. Were they not okay? allowed to use the Panama Canal? Or? Seas, no. The seas was angry. The sea was angry. The sea was day. angry, <laughs> my friend. And every day. Couldn't use Panama Canal, but you basically couldn't get past. Had to, go, had to go down and around, okay? And Brecky just showed me a, a picture of the boat for scale. I bet that's probably a 22 to 25-foot boat. It's still not huge by... Like no, no, no match for rough seas. Yeah. No. That yeah, right, and right. that's probably the that's the pro, right? That's, that's the guy who won the race. That's the, that's in the fact, pro. that's that guy that you just saw the picture of. That's the first character we talked about. The guy who yeah. went to the paper and said, Knox I think Johnson. I'm going to do this. So yeah. He's the pro. And he yeah. has, his boat is probably 23 to 25 foot. So and well, all and the rest of these yahoos are going, showing up. And, and some of these boats aren't making it. Some of them, I mean, for the most part, most of the people that enter this race are falling out pretty early on. I mean, because like Mark said, weather, your toast. It's everything. Mm -hmm. All of these things that happen and you can get sick, you can whatever and, and get scared. Crowworth seems to be the one guy that is the outlier here. Okay. The, people can, are like amazed at how well this guy continues to do. Every time he's checking in, he's in Making the top progress. four or five of this race and, and he had no business doing so. So it starts to become kind of the media darling of the whole event. All right. And so as people are flying in, no radios for anybody to call in and say, hey, I'm turning the corner. I'm, I'm coming into town. I'm no, going to be the winner. No Twitter. But they had an idea of when the winners were going to be showing back up at the port. So by some accounts, there's a quarter of a million people wow. waiting at this dock when they realize that the, that the winning boat is going to be coming in. Talk about a different era. Oh How many gosh. people would be out there now? Twelve people showed up to welcome this person and in. Well, in this, today, today's age, we'd be we'd be following it by the hour. Like, okay, oh yeah, yeah, on yeah. Twitter, yeah. it'd be on Twitter, on TV. There'd be a, there'd be a channel. No there'd be a channel, just a TV channel dedicated to this whole thing. The yeah. Ocho. So as it pulls, as the as the boat pulls into port, it turns out it is Knox Johnston. It's the guy you just saw the picture of, Bensi. It's the guy who had the idea. And good for Knox. And and everybody just kind of assumes that that is where. Uh, the story is going to be that you're going to have this hero emerge from this. And of course the hero is going to be the guy that won the race. Not the case because everybody's kind of wondering about Cromworth. Old, old Bratwurst. Or what is his name? Crowhurst. 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 What, what happened? Crowhurst. Yeah. Crowhurst. What happened to him? It takes several days before uh, a, a, a seafaring barge runs into his boat, and it's empty. Nobody on it. Ruh-roh, crow. So they board the vessel, and, they find, and they find his logs. His, he, shit, find, he shit in the boat? They find all of his logs. Not, that, not logs of chew. No, 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 no. His, 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 his navigational logs that, that, okay. that describe his journey away from the port in England around the southern tip of South America, fighting through the Pacific Ocean, Coming around the Cape of the, the Cape Horn 
uh, turn, making his final jaunt in towards England, all the things that he'd been reporting through his radio. Then they find a second set of logbooks. Turned out, Crowworth never went very far. <laughs> Crowworth got out in the ocean, realized he didn't have the skills or the boat or the means, but he could fake it. His little machine could tell him what the weather was like. He could follow on the radio to see where the other competitors were. He could position himself on his logbook to be never the one in first place, but also still competing in the race. And he would get the fanfare. Get the story going. He'd get the fanfare of completing the race, but he wouldn't have to deal with the weight of lying to everybody because he was the winner. Somebody else would get the money. Somebody else would get the trophy but he would be the one that would get the publicity and the fanfare. But something happened that we hadn't talked about yet. Seemed like a lot of effort for that so far. He had to go to uh, Taiwan, right? In the final weeks Taiwan hookers. of this race, everything falls apart for everybody else except for Crumworth. Knox Johnston's boat starts to have major problems. Some of the other guys that are leading, that are in, in front of the race, their boats basically are, are falling apart on them. So they jump out of the race. They basically call in just and say, up. we're done. Get me. We're done. I just, at, I just saw at, that. At, Four of them retired. One guy sank. One guy's boat sank. Yeah. Yep. They thought maybe Crowhurst's boat had sank when he didn't show up because they knew he was so close. So close. What? Here's what Crowhurst did. As he was listening to the radio in those final weeks, approaching back into the dock to, to, to finish third, and he realized that he was actually not going to finish third or second. He was going to finish first. The guilt of that was so much that he jumped overboard and committed suicide. Wow. I'm confused. So he had been, he did not, so here's the deal. He did not go around the world. He just no, chilled so out there at sea. From, from what I He was gathered, just chilling at sea this whole time. He yes. was down by the Cape Cape Horn yep. of South Just chilling. Didn't, didn't ever want to make that Realized, turn. yeah, he, he was heading that way. Realized that the race and the, the, the path that they would take would take him back to this point eventually if he were to continue okay. on. And goes, I'm just going to chill here. And wait for everyone else to kind of go. Yeah, because I'm thinking the whole time, how the hell did the boat get there? If he like wasn't just, on the boat, the boat he just floated he to the just, spot, cruised back up there, and then he slowly. This is another part of it, Ross. He slowly lost his mind at yeah. sea. Yeah, he the loneliness you can, and the isolation. So did he write this down somewhere? Yes, he did. He wrote, "I'm killing myself." And, and they said well, in, the, in the logbooks that his his writings went more and more off the deep end. Yeah, on the last two days, to, he doesn't ever say, hey, "I'm committing suicide." Or yeah, he talks about in his logbooks about the guilt that he was feeling. Um, you know, he has a lot of. He's obviously gone to this hallucination point because he talks about his conversations with God and how God is revealing these truths to him that he never knew before. Um, fascinating stuff, man. A really incredible story of, uh, uh and the, one of the tragic parts of this <laughs> in a weird way is this Knox Johnston guy who had the idea, wanted to do this thing, knew he could do it, set out, did it, won the race. Did he get five grand? He got the five grand. He was the fastest one around. He was the first one around. He gets the trophy. He gets the money, but what he didn't get Bency were the, the accolades fame. and the story and the fame and all of that was stolen from him. By a cheater. Did this take one year to do? It took a year. It took 312 days for them almost, to complete Almost dude. a year. Isn't that amazing? And every 
How many I think started? I'll look at. I think it was three hundred twelve. How many started? Like, this, like, oh, I just had that up in front of me too. I had all the competitors in front of there me. There were here. nine starters. Thank nine. you. Um, in this day and age, you would never be able to get away with that because there'd be there'd be cameras. There'd be tweets about it's it. A, it's a Rosie Ruiz story. Yeah. Rosie Ruiz was the lady that uh, won the Boston Marathon by basically jumping jumping, in, jumping, jumping into the in. line and just winning it's, a race. Rolling. Uh, they're all by themselves though. Yeah, but that, that was part of it. Had to be the solo. That is incredible. Because I could, I could personally not do that. Bensi, the amazing thing is this guy had a wife and four kids. Wow. The guy that, that, that committed, committed suicide. This is interesting, by the way. So I looked up. Apparently, the world record for sailing around the world is 40 days. To give you some uh, perspective there. But it says, the same article says that if you just wanted to do it yourself. So sailing around the world takes between three to five years to do it. Obviously, they're not racing. What, and These what they're talking about there is stopping at ports. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's yeah. a long journey, man. This is all sailing. Some There's no motors, right? Is, no motors. This really, is all sailing. No they, motors, no rowing. They talk, they talk about uh, having Christmas at sea, and Knox Johnston, who was, like you said, the most experienced of everybody out there, he held, he held himself a rather large Christmas celebration alone on his boat. So these guys are all kind of going a little bit crazy. He sang carols. He toasted the queen. He had a a, a a roast dinner. Different cats, man. Yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta be built differently to do this roast type of stuff. Pheasant. To want to do this type of stuff. We do have the name of the arcade. Monster Rama. Monster Rama by Jay over by Lincoln High School. Go and play some pinball. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh happy birthday to Bensie's daughter, by the way. Happy and Eli. And Eli. And Eli. And Eli. And Eli. We'll see you next week.